0: Uh, this is Richard Mollet. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've started recording this program. Welcome everyone to our, our webinar today, which is staffing, how to find out about staffing in your facility and what it means for your residents' care and quality of life. I just want to um, check before we move on since a couple of people had issues with the sound. Uh, I'm going to unmute everyone just to make sure that if someone can let me know whether they can. But I'll still have to how did that sound sarah i hear you clearly very good all right i'm muting everyone now well thank you everyone for joining us today i see we have people coming in we're going to go through some intro materials um to get started as we normally do a little bit about our organization for those of you who have not joined us before or are not familiar The Long-Term Care Community Coalition, we are a nonprofit organization. We're entirely dedicated to improving care and quality of life for elderly and adult disabled residents in nursing homes and in assisted living, adult homes. They're called different, uh, adult homes and assisted living are often called different things. Our focus has always been, we've been around for about 30 years now, our focus has always been on policy analysis and systemic advocacy in New York State as well as nationally, excuse me, more and more we've been doing education of consumers and families, long-term care ombudsmen, attorneys and other stakeholders, including on occasion providers. And the reason for that is because it's, a, I think, an important avenue for us to connect with you all uh, on some of the things that we're finding, uh, how we are trying to advocate for better care and some things that residents and families and ombudsmen can use from um, those materials to uh, better advocate for themselves and people in their nursing homes. We are also home to the local long-term care Ombudsman program for the Hudson Valley in New York State. My name, again, is Richard. I joined LTCCC in 2002, and I've been the executive director since 2005. I just want to mention, and I'll, I'll mention this a couple times, I think, uh, as those of you who have been on our programs before know, they tend to be pretty um, – pretty content heavy. We put a lot of substance in. Uh, the recording of this program will be available on our YouTube channel, which is accessible through our website, nursinghome411.org. The um, PowerPoint also will be available on our website. All the resources that we talk about are available on our website or for the federal resources, they are accessible through our website. What am I going to be talking about today? Well, I want to provide, as we often do, a brief background on the nursing home reform law. And then specifically, because we're talking about staffing today, why is staffing important? What are some of the staffing requirements that exist out there? What's going on in terms of staffing right now, uh, both in terms of transparency, in terms of oversight, et cetera? And then the focus of the program today is on resources that you can use, how you can find and compare staffing levels in your nursing home, those in your community or in your state, and then also finding information on staffing for specific days uh, in your nursing home, particularly weekends or holidays, where we know that nursing homes uh, sometimes are not um, sufficiently staffed. So a little bit about the reform law. The reform law was passed in 1987. That's why it's called sometimes OBRA 87 it requires that every single nursing home resident is provided the care and the quality of life services sufficient to attain and maintain his or her highest practicable physical, emotional, and psychosocial well-being. And as I I often say when we do these programs, I know it's a mouthful, it's not highest practical based upon what the facility wants to provide or what works out best for the facility's finances, it is highly, excuse me, highest practicable, meaning what is attainable by the resident, um, assuming that he or she will get the services and the care that he or she needs. And importantly, you know, this is what we pay for. This is certainly something that we all want for ourselves and for our loved ones. And it is fundamentally what providers, nursing homes, agreed to provide when they voluntarily, voluntarily, excuse me, sign up for uh, to take Medicare and or Medicaid funding. Importantly, uh, although this is based upon their so-called participation in the Medicare and Medicaid programs, the quality standards go to every single resident in the facility, no matter who pays for his or her care. Uh, A little bit more about the reform law, the emphasis is on the individual, highest practicable for the individual, uh, and it really focuses on resident-centered care, and the focus more and more, we don't have time to talk about it today, but the, the focus that we see in the federal standards and how they are supposed to be regulated and implemented goes to, well, what is going on for the residents? How is a nursing home evaluating the, the staffing needs to meet the residents' needs, uh, et cetera? So there is a lot going on, at least in language that I think is really good. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this program on staffing is because I think it could be valuable for, for all of us, no matter what role you have, to understand a little bit more about staffing and how, how to find out about that information in the nursing home or nursing homes in your community. So, unfortunately, we have persistent problems in nursing homes. That's why my organization exists. That's why I imagine a lot of you are here on the call and join resident or family councils or members of advocacy groups or attorneys, et cetera. Um, We know, for instance, I just gave some examples here, that the inappropriate use of antipsychotic drugs continues to be a significant and pervasive problem. Uh, We post those data for every single nursing home in the country. About 20% of residents are still receiving antipsychotic drugs. Uh, We have a very high pressure ulcer rate in our nursing homes. I think it's about seven and a half percent last time i looked which means thousands upon thousands of people are suffering with pressure ulcers striking to me is this third bullet in 2014 there was a federal study that found that one out of three people who go to a nursing home for short-term rehab services are harmed within about two weeks of entering the facility and that 59 percent of that harm was avoidable and that was probably my career one of the most striking reports that i recall reading because the nursing homes get a enormous amount of money from medicare medicare is a uh has double digit profits for nursing homes for the last 17 plus years it is widely recognized as paying very handsomely for care and it's frankly alarming to think that the you know so many nursing homes not all of them but so many of them uh, were not able to provide the services to meet their resident's needs to such an extent that one out of three of these individuals were harmed within two weeks of entering the facility. That was a real wake-up call for me and I think for a lot of other people as well. And then to get to the focus of today's program, last bullet in blue, most nursing homes have less staffing than federal and academic studies have shown is needed to meet the typical resident's Basic clinical needs. I'll talk a little bit more about that. So why, why do these problems persist? You know, essentially that in, when there's no meaningful enforcement, when the, there's, not, you know, there's not a fine for substandard care, when there's not a penalty for substandard care, uh, in our view it sends a message to the nursing home industry that it's okay to provide substandard services. It's okay to have low staffing. So what happens is, as I mentioned before, we have nursing homes, you know, many nursing homes out there, and I've worked with nursing homes over the years that are very dedicated to their residents. Some of them are making a profit, some of them are not-for-profit nursing homes, but they, they do exist, but in the absence of penalties for poor care, uh, it sends a message, I think, to, to the industry and the companies that you're not going to be penalized if you provide poor care, Uh, if you don't provide enough staff so uh, there's really no need to do that it's not going to be a penalty again for uh, for not staffing up to meet people's needs etc so that's one reason again why I think the knowledge and the ability to advocate to use that knowledge is is so important so I'm going to talk a little bit more about the staffing and some of the issues why is it so important it's widely considered by us by researchers to be the most important indicator of a facility's quality and safety now in terms of the staff at cna certified nurse aides provide about 90 percent of resident care and then study after study has shown that registered nurses rn's are absolutely critical for overseeing care and safety and that the extent to which there is an RN in the facility is an important indicator of the quality and the safety, the monitoring, et cetera um, for residents in that nursing home. So some of the requirements, every nursing home is required to have sufficient numbers of skilled staff to meet residents medical and psychosocial needs. That's part of what we talked about before in terms of the reform law is that you know highest practicable, that part of that is staffing it includes food includes uh, you know other services as well but includes staffing staffing is key uh, the federal law requires that facilities have a registered nurse in the building at least eight hours a day seven days a week 365 days of the year that is the only numerical federal requirement period so it's sufficient staffing And then the only, again, the only federal requirement is one shift a day, seven days a week for an RN. Now, states can have additional requirements. For example, in our home state, New York, uh, New York requires that there be an RN in the building 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, Most states now have minimum numerical requirements for, say, two and a half or three hours of direct care staff time per resident per day for the facilities in those states. However, and this is really important, whether or not a state has a minimum staffing standard, meeting, for the states that do, meeting that staffing standard does not mean that you are meeting the federal sufficiency requirement. So uh, just as a little bit of backdrop, uh, you know, the or background, the, the federal requirement for sufficient is a little bit nebulous. Uh, you know, it's hard to... It's hard to hold someone accountable for something without having a clear number. But sufficiency is important because, again, we're talking about the resident-centeredness of the law, the resident-centeredness of the requirements. And the expectation is that nursing homes are professionals. This is a skilled nursing setting. They're being paid hundreds of dollars a day typically for, the, for each resident and that they are going to be thinking about considering what the needs are and then staffing appropriately and that's why we talked about sufficiency so it's in a sense too bad that we need to have a hard number because the sufficiency is uh sometimes hard for people to to implement uh, hard for people to be held accountable for but they are two very important criteria one having a minimum set number but also that we expect and have a right to expect that the facilities are really going to be thinking about it. This is not making hamburgers on an, or, or making socks on an assembly line. It is thinking about what individuals need to maintain their health, their dignity, etc. Uh, so, how much is needed? What you know? What does a typical resident need? Well, there's been a lot of studies over the years. In 2001, there was a landmark federal study. Which is widely um, attributed to excuse me, um, you know, continues to be spoken about today. Excuse me. That says that the typical resident needs about 4.1 hours of direct care staff time per day, well, HBRD hours per resident day, to to ensure that they are able to sustain their clinical well-being. Importantly, that does not go to dignity. It does not go to the quality of care standards, which are Very, very important. We've talked about them in past programs. We'll talk about them again. I don't want to give them short shrift, but uh, we're just talking about 4.1 hours just to meet a typical resident's clinical needs. Some residents have higher needs. Some residents have lower needs. Uh, Since 2001, however, resident needs as a whole have increased. Uh, Why is that? More res, More people nowadays are delaying nursing home care. They are getting care at home. They're getting care in assisted living and other uh, less restrictive settings. People are living longer with significant conditions like dementia, et cetera. So you have essentially two things. One, is people are delaying nursing home placement. And once people have that level of significant need, they are living longer. So resident acuity has increased. And current research, this is approximate, uh, that I've seen, you know, current academic research talks about 4.5 hours per resident day of total staff time and that the RN time should be about 25% of that. Uh, and this is again to meet clinical needs. So it's pretty much a baseline, um, uh, baseline amount. 25% meaning about 1.1, you know, 1.2 hours of, of that 4.5 should be RN. Now, how much staff do nursing homes actually have? Nursing homes, as you might have gotten from what I've said before, there's some nursing homes that are providing great care. There are others that aren't. Nursing homes vary widely in their staffing patterns. And, again, that's why I think the the information we're going to talk about today is so important. However, it's important to note, studies have indicated that the large majority of nursing homes do not have enough staff to meet one or more of the basic needs of their residents in fact that 2001 study found that over 90 percent of nursing homes have don't have enough staff to to meet at least one resident need and that the majority of them don't have enough staff to meet uh, pretty much all of their residents needs so that again is pretty striking we continue to have low staffing and i think that those of you who have been in nursing homes those of you who have worked in nursing homes those of you who have been residents or family members um or work with them know that you know we see that unfortunately a lot it's a pretty uh it's a pretty systemic problem and the data bear that out now federal data now indicate that the average nursing home has about three and a half hours of direct care staff time per resident per day by that i mean cnas licensed uh, practical nurses or lbns or lpns uh, and registered nurses and that only one half hour of RN care staff time is part of that component. So pretty, you know, pretty low overall. I thought this was interesting. On the left-hand side underneath the orange uh, title, this is what nursing home lobbyists um, told our representatives in Congress were their staffing levels. They, they have told uh, people in Congress that they are providing 4.1 total nursing staff hours per day. That's not my making it up, you can see this chart is exactly from something that they sent out to Congress, is the American Healthcare Association, earlier this year. In fact, on the right-hand side you can see what the latest federal data indicate, as I just said, the actual total is about 3.5 total care staff time per resident per day. Why the difference? Well, in the past, information on staffing was entirely self-reported by facilities. It was based upon the two week period prior to their annual inspection where many facilities, uh, not all, but many facilities staff up in anticipation of their annual survey or inspection. And it was totally self reported. Nobody audited these data, neither the states nor the federal government. So there was always this, this concern that some of those, some nursing homes were inflating their staffing. Uh, as a result of those concerns last year, we'll talk a little bit more about this before we move on, CMS made public payroll-based journal data on nursing home staffing. They are much more accurate and they also require that nursing homes separate out the staff who are providing administrative services versus those who are involved with providing care. And that to me is really key because as a consumer, as a consumer advocate, as, a, as someone who's been a family member, I care about who's on the floor. I care about who's providing staff to my resident. I don't particularly care if the administrator has an RN license. Um, He or she is not providing care to my resident. And when we talk about that 4.1 hours baseline or 4.5 hours as we now think of it, baseline uh, staffing needs for a typical resident, we're not talking about the administrator. We're talking about people who are on the floor. So, how did the payroll-based journal data come about? As you can see, my PBJ sandwich on the side, just as a reminder, because we call it PBJ data. Uh, in 2010, the Affordable Care Act, so-called Obamacare, required um, they had a number of good good provisions related to nursing homes uh, from the Elder Justice Act, from Nursing Home Transparency Act, that were incorporated into so-called Obamacare um, because we and other advocates were so concerned about these issues. And one of them is, one of them was, excuse me, that nursing homes had to report more accurate staffing information to, to um, CMS and to the states on a regular basis, not just once a year. So what resulted is that facilities now report daily staffing on a quarterly basis. So every quarter, the facilities are required to provide via their payroll records the actual staff that they paid to be in the nursing home, uh, and we'll talk about it. there's a range of information that's available there. Some of which is more important for us than others. Uh, in 2017, so the, the 2010 the law was passed. In 2015, 16, CMS finally started implementing the law. Uh, it requested some more funding. It got that funding. We and others supported that. And in 2016, facilities started reporting it. Uh, CMS took about a year to make sure that those data were as accurate as possible. So these data have really been vetted. So at the end of last year, just about a year ago, these data started going live on an underlying database. Uh, Earlier this year, CMS started integrating them into Nursing Home Compare, which many of us use to look up a nursing home. And they've been publishing these data uh, online since the end of 2017. Over the summer, just just this past August, they started including not only the care, st- you know, the RNs, LPNs, and CNAs, they also include, started including reporting of non-care staff by the facilities for every single day of the quarter, medical directors, administrators, activity staff, as well as contract staff. Now, one of the big issues, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it today because I want to make sure we have time to look at some of this information in a useful way, but one of the concerns that we and others have had for years is something related to what's called consistent assignment, that there have been studies that have shown, as well as, you know, what we hear from people that, of course, uh, having the same person caring for you day in and day out, uh, it improves care for the resident, improves the quality of life, for the caregiver, for the staff person, but it's really, really important and valuable. And so one of the concerns that we and others have had over the years is that too many nursing homes rely too much on contract staff, rather than having someone who is employee, they hire contractor agency staff. So now, as of August, you can see for your facility what percentage of hours were, were performed by contract staff for a range of these categories. And what we're going to do, we don't don't publish all this information on our website. We're going to look at what we publish on our website, which is more, um, I think, useful summary information. But if you want to find out about what's going on in your facility specifically, we're going to um, show you how to do that as well. Also, before we move on, uh, as of this summer, CMS started including city and county information Uh, for every single nursing home. Because, you know, some states have, and here in New York State, we have over 600 nursing homes. Some states have much more, many more. Some states have less. It makes it very difficult to find out what's going on in your community or what's going on in your city without being able to, uh, do a search for that. So happily, CMS responded to consumer concerns and they started including city and county information so that people can, see what is going on and, um, and do some searches based upon what's going on, you know, or, or where they live. So just before um, we move on, you know, a few things about the staffing the payroll-based data is that, one, we found that, as I've mentioned a couple of times, staffing is, is lower than we previously thought. Uh, there are not enough RNs. Now CMS itself, that's the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, they found that about 6% of facilities across the country do not have an RN in the building for at least seven days in any given quarter. And that is something that they have identified as being uh, very alarming. It's, It's clearly too much. Again, an RN has to be in the facility every single day. If you have days in which there's no RN, that's violating, as I mentioned before, the only numerical staffing requirement that exists in federal law. CMS has also identified that there's low staffing on weekends and holidays. I've talked to uh, many, many family members over the years and many ombudsmen and other advocates, and when we hear about this, I've experienced it myself as a family member, that on the weekends and on holidays, it, there's oftentimes no, no one there. New York Times recently did an uh, excellent study um, through Kaiser, Kaiser Health News that found that it's like a ghost town. That was a nursing home in, in our state of New York. But this is unfortunately a um, problem across the country that too many nursing homes just don't have enough staff on the weekends uh, or at nights. Uh, but you know here uh, the data show for, because the data are per day, they show for the um for the weekends and for holidays. And it's pretty uh it's doable, I should say. It's not that easy, but it's doable to find out what's going on in your nursing home. Um, U.S. nursing homes provide an average of three and a half total care staff hours per day. As I mentioned before, that, that 2001 study said at least 4.1 hours are needed. Again, half an hour of RN care staff time. Um, you know, the 2001 study said 0.55 to 0.75. So, half of nursing homes are below the bottom of that 16-17 year old range. Now we're really talking about needing about 1. Point, you know, 1, 1.1, 1.2 or so RN care staff time. So I know we're getting into a lot of you know, a lot of data, I don't want to get people bogged down, but I wanted you all to know that, you know, to see how low the staffing is. Is that if we're expecting to have a little over an hour of RN care staff time to meet the needs of a typical resident and half of facilities have a half or less, that is very, very concerning. And it's, it should certainly, in my, you know, my view, uh, be a red flag as to what kind of care, what kind of quality is going on, what kind of medical supervision is going on in those facilities. Uh, we also found that uh, nursing homes are providing an average of one-fifth of an hour, 0.2 hours of activity staff time per resident per day and a tenth of an hour of social work staff time per resident per day. And these are also important. So I want people to be able to meet these these data on the uh, activity staff are pretty easily accessible through our website. So we make that uh, as easy to look at as possible. I think, you know, we talked about, for instance, most residents have dementia. Having sufficient activity staff to meet their needs is critically important to uh, improve their quality of life, to help them stay off of or get off of antipsychotic drugs, etc. So these things are really important. As a result of, of what we've seen in the past year or so with these data, CMS just recently, a couple of weeks ago, has ordered the state agencies to target nursing homes for weekend surveys. So we're going to see hopefully an improvement in the surveys in those nursing homes. And I think again, that's why the, you know, another way in which these data come in and having access, your access to using them could be really useful to know what's going on in your nursing home. Uh, just as a quick aside, you know, the new, uh, regulations that came out in 2016 and the federal guidance talks a lot about what is expected of nursing homes to be assessing their staffing. It talks a lot about ensuring that the surveyors are meeting with the residents and the families and the resident and family councils. And that's really the heart of, you know, why we're doing these programs is to help the residents and family councils and ombudsmen and those who, who work with them to understand what's going on so that if you are seeing issues with staffing in your facility or the facilities in your area if you're if you're an advocate then that can help you to address these issues with this, with the survey staff uh, in the facility perhaps or with um, a medicaid board control unit etc so knowledge is you know, it's a um, cliche but knowledge really is power okay so we're going to do something a little bit different now usually we stick to the PowerPoint and I'm hoping that this works I tested it out a couple of times so bear with me we're going to take a virtual field trip and I think that everyone should be able to see this yes I'm actually looking at my um, uh, screenshot so all right, what I want to do first is I wanted to take you to the staffing information that we publish on our website. So as I mentioned before, CMS, uh, well this, the, the nursing homes publish uh, or, or provide to CMS on a quarterly basis all of the staffing information every single day of the quarter. And CMS then publishes that, that data on its own database, which we'll talk about later. But what we do is we go through those data, once they come out, and it, Usually a bit of a lag time, so we just recently started. We um, recently put out, I should say, in November the second quarter of 2018. The third quarter of 2018 is not um, is not available yet. So we're a few months behind. CMS is always a few months behind. They want to make sure that the data are good and and uploaded to their website, etc. What we do is try to simplify those data and provide what we think is most important for for the public and for people who are working with, um, with nursing home residents and family members, et cetera. So if you see here, you can go to our website, uh, nursinghome411.org, nursing home info and data at the second tab here, and I just click on Staffing. And this is the latest staffing information. And so we have uh, on the right-hand side these buttons, Nursing Home Staffing 2018 q 2, or you can see it on the left here. I'm underlining it right now. Uh, but I'm going to click on that, Nursing Home Staffing 2018. And here you have a little explanation of what's in the data files. We have the national data files for direct daily care staff, the non-care staff that I mentioned before, and the contract staff. And this is actually for the first time we're doing it. We're putting all those data into individual state files. So you can see, you can scroll down here. I'm going to go to my home state, New York. And that opens up the file. There we go, and I actually have one open already, so I'll just go to that. So here we have the. um, Let me make it a little bit larger. So what I do is I, you know, I try to clean it up. We have the state here. We have the city is the next column, county provider name, the resident census. That's the number of residents in the facility. The RN hours, the LPN hours, the CNA hours. And then we add those up, so that's the total care staff hours. And then what we do is two things which I think are most useful. The last two columns is average total staffing hours per resident per day, and then the last column is average RN hours per resident per day. So those, I think, are really valuable and really important. Uh, The other thing that we do with these data is You make it so it's searchable. So you can see here you can um, look by an alphabetical order. I can make the, put the provider name. So you can see here this is just for, you you can do this, of course, for any single state. Or if I'm just looking at a particular city, say I wanted to look in Rochester. So I can go here under city and then just scroll down to whatever city I wanted to look at. And I'm going to scroll down to Rochester. There we go. And then close that. And this just gives me, I'll make it a little bit bigger, just the facilities in Rochester. So now I can I can compare them. I can compare them by RNs, by by sorting here. So look, I'm going to the right-hand side, the RN hours per resident per day, and I'm sorting in ascending, so from little to big. And here you can see that what we include in our data are the federal data of which, with the facilities have stated they are uh, people who are assigned to provide care, not the administrative staff. So this is just the care staff. So here you can see, and, and all these data, by the way, are averages for the quarter. What we want people to see is what is the nursing home providing on a... Average basis for their residents. Um, what I, one, it's too much, of course, to have daily data, but also I was afraid that if we had the daily data, um, people would say, you know, a nursing home would say, well, that was a bad day, blah, blah, blah. Here you can see this is the average of what the facility is providing. And look at this. You have a lot of facilities here. One, two, three, four, five facilities, oh, excuse me, four facilities that have an average RN of zero hours per resident per day they haven't they have rn staff you can see over here well Brighton Madison actually pardon me um but um these other ones do they have rn hours this is the average per day but they, they they based upon excuse me based upon their resident census there were so few rns if you had 6.4 hours of rn time in a 200 bed facility as i'm looking at the Winds LLC, and I'm just just looking at you know what the numbers are here that that came out to zero, the the equivalent of zero RN hours per resident per day. So this information is incredibly important, I think. And you can see down here at the bottom which of the facilities had higher staffing. So these had 0.7, 0.7, 0.7, 0.7 0.6. So none of them, frankly, are are great. I'm mean, thinking about what we Considered to be what academics or other researchers have found to be a necessary staff time. None of them are doing a great job based upon what we're looking at here, um, in my opinion. But they are, you know, these, these over here have, you know, triple the staff of some of them that are only 0.2 or less. And then you could also see the average staffing hours. You can do the same exact thing with that. I'm going to clear this. So I'm going to go back to the entire state, and I can look at that. I could also look at it based upon here. I'm going to look at Queens. I'm going to go to Queens County just to give you a sense, and we could do the same thing. If I remember my alphabet, actually I wanted to. So you want to clear, select all, and then let's go to Queens. Queens has about 45 nursing homes, I think. And here you can see the same thing. So if you were in a county, you could look and see. Well, I ha- my loved one has to go to a nursing home. Uh, she's being discharged from the hospital. What what nursing homes are nearby me? Let me do this. I'm going to sort by descending to see average RN care staff time. Here you can see some of them have. This one has 4.1 hours, 2.9, 2.5, 2.1. Queens is a much larger area. Also. It's worth noting, you'll see here from the names of the facilities, St. Mary's Hospital for Children, Flushing Hospital Medical Center, um, that transitional care units, uh, medical center-based nursing homes, hospital-based nursing homes, and pediatric nursing homes tend to have much higher staffing. So I kind of, you know, you have, you have to consider that as well, uh, that they, their, their staffing will be uh, a little bit higher based upon the needs of those residents. So they may not be places where you can go to for long-term care, but this is really helpful, I think, to get a sense of, well, what's available in my county? What is, or if I'm an ombudsman, you know, what's going on in some of the nursing homes in my county? Now, when we talk to a state agency, uh, you know, I say uh, the point is not that we're going to say automatically, oh, um, that someone is, say, a quote-unquote bad nursing home because they have lower staffing, but it should certainly be a red flag. It should certainly be something that we ask about, that we look at when we visit a facility. Are there enough staff? If, if a facility um, has low staffing, especially to say, hmm, you know, what, what is going on? Are there residents? Are the residents engaged? Do they look healthy? Um, do they look cared for and kept? Or are the residents, you know, lined up in wheelchairs in the hallway? Are call bells ringing and not being answered promptly? That kind of thing. So this can be a real clue for choosing a nursing home. And also if you're in a nursing home, if you're a family member or family council or a resident or resident council or an ombudsman, etc. working with residents to see, well these are this is what's going on in um, in my facility. What can we do? You know, what can we do to improve staffing? Um, how does the staffing compare to other facilities in my area? And how do we use that information in an effective way? I want to move now, so we have this, the direct care staffing information. This is the non-care staffing information that we have, again, for every single state. So it's, it's kind of similar. We have the MDS census, which is the average resident census, resident population in the nursing home for the quarter. Um, we have the administrative hours, so you can see um, they vary. I'm going to try to make this a little bit bigger. The medical director hours, pharmacist hours, etc. cetera. And those things could be important to you to varying degrees. You know, I think that uh, proper supervision by a medical director and by an administrator are important factors. But I think also a couple of things that we average out here, in these um, column M and column Q, I added the averages, was, as I mentioned earlier, the average social work staff time and the average activity staff time. For instance, if I had a resident with dementia, I would... Uh, or someone who was going to be a resident with dementia, I would look and see, well, what facility in my area, again, going back to the county level or the city level, what facilities in my area have higher average activity staff? Because that could be something that's particularly important for someone with dementia. Uh, and it probably would be you know, particularly important to me in any case, but I, I'm thinking especially in this example uh, for someone with dementia. And then lastly, in these state files, we have the contract staff. So uh, we didn't include all of the non-care staff that are available. We, you know, we, we didn't want, want these files to be too big uh, and too cumbersome. Uh, and I think for the same thing for the contract staff, you can see um, the federal database actually has a variety of contract staff. We included those for the RNs, the LPNs, and the CNAs, so that you can see that right here. And you can do exactly the same thing. You can go by county and then select, I'm going to select Albany County in New York State. And then I could see what kind of contracting step. I like here for the CNAs, I'm going to sort ascending. And I could see that uh, here Our Lady of Mercy Life Center has a 35.9% CNA contract staffing rate for the quarter. That seems like an awful lot to me, whereas... Uh, Eddie Village Green, Hudson Park Rehab, they have you know much much lower percent of CNA contract staffing. Again, hopefully that would have some implications for um, consistent assignment for the kind of investment that the nursing home is putting into its staff. Uh, And then lastly, every single uh, of the um, every single one of these state files that you can download, you can use any way that you like. Provide some information in terms of what the data are. Uh, where they come from, where the original data come from, um, et cetera. So that's a bit about the um, what we have on our website. And again, we download those on a quarterly basis. I would encourage you to uh, sign up for our alerts. We don't share our email list. We don't um, sell it, and uh, we don't I don't think put out um, an annoying amount of stuff, but you can find out when the latest data come out. Um, it's, uh, if you email Sarah, S-A-R-A, at LTCCC.org, we'll have that at the end. So that's some of the data that we have on our website. I'm going to leave some time at the end for questions, but I want to move on now. Uh, again, I think that that information is, can be really useful, whether you're working in a specific nursing home, as a family member, as a resident, resident or family council, ombudsman, et cetera, that it can provide information. Uh, both to consider what's going on in your facility how and how it compares to other facilities, and for those of us who work on a more community or um, state level to see, you know, what is going on, what is going on with the staffing. The states actually vary pretty significantly in their staffing levels, and some of the states that I've seen, uh, some states have really low staffing. It was very troubling to see, actually. Uh, so next we're going to find out about information on specific days, like weekends or holidays. Uh, So I know, again, uh, we've given a lot of information. This program will be available uh, recording, as a recording, excuse me, and as the PowerPoint. All the links to information are on our website, including the information that's coming up next, which is on the federal website. So we're going to take a look now. This is data.cms.gov, and this is where the fundamental data that I just spoke about, where I derive it from, where I get it from. Is from cms.data.gov. So I'm going to go to that very same website, and as you can see here, search database, I'm just going to put in staffing. Typing in staffing, and I press enter, and it comes up with all the PB daily nurse staffing, daily nurse staffing, uh, daily, ner- daily non nurse staffing. So you can see what is available. So we're going to go to Q2, which is the most recent data, and View data, I'm gonna click right up here. So this database is enormous. There, there are 15,000 plus nursing homes in the country, and there are 90 days in a quarter. So there are a lot, as you can imagine, there are a lot of data. This often crashes my computer when I use it, but I, I wanted to think of a way, You know, how can you get th- to this? How can you find out about what's going on on a day-to-day basis as easily as possible for a specific nursing home so what we do is click on filter up here and add a new filter condition and again this is up here and we also provide technical assistance um, you know we could try to answer questions uh, as much as we can for uh, anyone who, who has you know a concern or an issue uh regarding this but i'll look at what i generally try to do so just to backtrack uh is i click on filter and, I, and filter conditions, if you know the provider number, which is their Medicare or Medicaid number, you can put that in and that's very easy to do. Um, I don't suggest putting in by a searching first by nursing home name, because a lot of nursing homes, we have 15,000 nursing homes, a lot of them actually have the same name. So you don't want, that's not, you know, I suggest not doing that. Same thing with cities, that there are a lot of cities out there, like there's an Athens GA, there's an Athens, excuse me, there's an Albany GA, there's an Athens GA too. There's an Albany, Georgia, and there's an Albany, New York. Uh, so that would make it still very difficult. So I suggest first going by state and bringing the data down to the state level and then adding a new filter condition and then going by, uh, I would, you know, I would probably go by city. And city is, I think you can do Brooklyn. Yeah, if that, if that works. I'm sure it can. Okay. And then I'm going to add one more filter condition, and I'm going to go by provider name. And the provider name I'll do is, look at the Brooklyn Gardens, right now. Brooklyn Gardens. And I, oops, see I have a spelling error, which could take you right out of this. There we go. And I always say, it contains. This just makes it easier. Okay. So now we have, we have Brooklyn Gardens. And then what I do, once I find my facility, so you want to do a couple of filters, just to, to recap. State, city, and then go to the provider name, and then export it. So I do it, see it, it's called CSV for Excel. And that opens up this file, similar to, now this is what the raw file looks like, essentially from what I just showed you what we published on our website I know this gets complicated this is really I would say what we put on our website is probably good for 99 percent of the purposes that you, that you need however it's average for the quarter so if you want to find out about a specific you know a specific day for instance if your facility has lower staffing on the weekends or has lower staffing on holidays this is really the only way to do it so what I do when I download this for a specific facility, is that I wrap the text, and I also freeze the top row, so I can see what's up here. Um, And then what I'll do is I will also, like that, we're going to set it so that it's sortable. Filter, clicking on filter up there. So now this is all, all sortable information. I know it looks very complex, but again, we're going to use this for a very limited purpose and you can see this is why if the other data look complicated this is why we tried to clean it up because hopefully it's a lot easier to use than this this again is if you want to look for a specific day for your or for a specific you know for an individual facility so what I do is I go to work date and I sort of ascend it so you can see here I'll try to make it a little bit bigger on the work date that it goes 2018 or 0401. That's April 1st. Or 0402 or 0403 or 0404, etc. So that is it starts April 1st. April, May, June will be the second quarter of, New year, of, um, of the year. Excuse me. And then what I would want to look at, for instance, one concern we have is the RN time per, um, uh, you know, for each day, and whether the RN time has changed on the weekend. So let's go to see so dietitian, pharmacist. They include everything. Your feeding assistants. Um, I might have missed nursing. Sorry about that. The administrator, employee, medical director, medical director. Oh, you know what? I think I clicked on the wrong thing. I apologize for that. Uh it's a non-nursing staff. Let me go back and get the nursing staff. That was my mistake. Okay. Let's do this really quickly. There's non-nursing staff and Here we go, daily nurse staff. So I'm going to do the same thing really quickly and just catch us right up. And hopefully this will just allow you to see it again. So I'm going by states, New York. And I add new filter condition. I'm going to go by city. And I'll do Albany this time. Tab. And then I'm going to add a new filter condition. I'm going to do the um, provider name contains. And I'm going to say D A U G H T E R. And this gives me daughters of Sarah nursing home, which is in Albany. So again, I'm going to export it, CSV for Excel, open it up. And then the same thing, I'm going to wrap the text, filter, and then I'm going to freeze the top row. Freeze the top row, so I, the top row stays up there as I look down on a particular day. So I'm going to go to workday. I'm going to sort it of ascending, as we looked before. You can see the same thing, 2018, 04, 01, 02, et What I want to look at and see is here we are, RNDO, register NERD-DON. There is a, we have a link to this on our website, there is a technical user's guide, so you can find out what any of these mean if for, if for some reason you're interested. Uh, in particular, you know, I'm interested in the, just for our purposes, the RN, but you can look at other staff time as well. And you could see for every single day of the year, for, uh, let's click on April 7th, 0407, that this facility had no directors of nurse time, They had 1.5 hours of administrator time, and um, zero of RN on the floor time. There you go. So notice something very interesting here is that the previous day is 63, the day before that is 89.62. I'm looking down the um, the hours administrator RN administrator file uh, column, excuse me. And so I noticed the day I happened to pick the 7th was 1.5 hours now let's guess what day of the week that is i actually put a calendar up here so april 7th is voila a saturday as as i expected and then sunday is 17.5 and then immediately we go up to um to the night which is monday and that'd be 80 hours so you can see monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday Saturday we're back down uh, less than half. 30 hours, 31.25 hours and up on Monday again, 9486. This is unfortunately a typical pattern and that's why I know that these, these data are hard to, to work with. Uh, you know unfortunately, it would be uh, too you know impossible for us to download all 15,000 nursing homes in the country. but you can see hopefully this will give some, uh, some ability for you guys to do that when you need it. Uh, and again, you know, let let us know if you have any questions. If this is something that you think you want to focus on again on a program, we could do that in, in a program next year. But it's fascinating to see. I mean, for me, that looking looking at their RNs, they have um, really no RNs um, for care for day after day after day. Here they have an RN one day like at 7.5. I guess that's probably. A single shift, 13.25 looks like two shifts, 14.5, again, two shifts. So they do have an RN. Now they're a fairly large facility, 184 to 197 residents looking at their census on the left. So you can see, um, one, that they're not providing a lot of RN staffing on a day to day basis. But most importantly for these purposes is you can really get a sense of what is going on on the weekends and on holidays. Let's go back quickly to that calendar. You can see, for instance, what's going on on Easter, April, um, April 1st. What's going on on Memorial Day, May 28th? Are, is the staffing up or down? You know, that's, that's always a concern to us. And even if it's not a weekend, uh, you know, that's certainly an issue that a lot of facilities have, but, uh, you may be seeing differences in staffing, and this could help answer some of those questions at least historically because again there's some delays in these data i'm going to go back to our website really quickly just to show you so if i go back to the staffing page you can see on the right hand side uh every time we put up new data we put up a button here so you can go right to it you can view it historically and then the second to last button is the link to the federal database the one we just went through and then the last button is that uh, you can download the payroll-based staffing technical specifications, which tells you what each one of those lines are for both the care staff and for the non-care staff. So we have a few minutes left. I'm gonna go back to the presentation. Oh, is that right? Yes, it is, okay. And just talk very quickly about some additional resources. I'm gonna end in a couple of minutes, and, but I'll stay on for anyone who has questions. So we have fact sheets on staffing, Uh, As as I think, uh, you know, anyone who's been on our program before knows, we do a two-page fact sheet that has information on the requirement and some advocacy tips for that. And here this one talks about the uh, nursing services, talks about sufficient staffing, talks about what is expected of a nursing home administrator, uh, et cetera. The next sheet that we have is, we have a brand new handout on the left hand side in that blue nursing home staffing we just came out with these we haven't even really announced them yet uh, but we have now i think seven of these handouts they can also be used as posters something that you can share very easily with people in your nursing home with people at a resident or family council it's just some basic information about what is required what is most important for a variety of different issues including this is This is the staffing one. Again, all of our materials are free to use and to adopt. On the right-hand side is our issue alert. Now we have the fact sheets, which are two pages. We just started coming up with these handouts that are just a single page on the left-hand side. And then we also have issue alerts, which are about five or six pages, which go into a little bit more detail about why an issue is important for people who want a little bit more information. Uh, We also came up with this handout. This is two sides. Safe staffing in nursing homes. It talks about the issue. It's something that we use when we uh, meet with people either in our capital of Albany or in Washington, D.C. I find it to be very useful, and uh, we strongly encourage people speaking out uh, to their legislators, people speaking out to their people in Congress, uh, to the governor, et cetera. It's so important. As I've talked about here, we have a new Tell Your Story campaign. Please, we really, really want to hear from you. We want to hear about your experiences, whether they are good or they're bad, because we want to highlight when a nursing home is providing good care, uh, and we also want to have the story to tell when a nursing home is not providing good care. Any um, personal information is kept entirely confidential, unless you give us explicit permission otherwise. But um, it would be so helpful. We really want people to tell their story we're facing some really big challenges in our advocacy this year and if we could have the stories of what's going on if we could tell people it's not if the data are important the staffing levels for instance when they're low that's important but connecting it with what's going on with the person is so meaningful and so we want to we would really appreciate i should say uh you're helping us with that we have a number of different ways in which you can do it we have it on this is a computer screenshot on the left-hand side. It's an iPhone screenshot on the right-hand side. You can do this in any way. We're actually putting together some other forms and materials uh, right now that are on our website that you can use to support your advocacy, You're making your voice heard in the nursing home and outside of it. Uh, we also have in our Action Center, it's available right here at the gray dot on the left-hand side Action Center. Um, you can tell your story there. You can speak out regarding state staffing, et cetera. It's so, so important that people, your legislators, your congressional representatives hear from you now. This is just a sample of the um, of the staffing alert. You can freely edit it if you like, et cetera. Now, our next program is on January 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern. The topic, topic this season is going to be assisted living, uh, promising policies and practices to improve care and quality of life. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good program. A lot of concerns about assisted living. There have been some major reports of um, some significant problems, people staying in assisted living for longer than they can safely do so, um, et cetera. So we really want to equip people, everyone, to know um, what are some good practices for assisted living. Before I move on, happy holidays from our organization. Thank you so much for joining us. If you find this useful and if or find our work useful, and if you are giving to charity this time of year, we have an annual appeal. We only do it once a year. We would really appreciate your support. Uh, even, you know, a couple dollars would make a difference for our mission. Uh, if you go to www.nursinghome411.org, uh, you can see there's a support button on the left-hand side. Uh, we are a nonprofit, so all uh, donations are tax-deductible. Thank you so much for joining us a little bit of information for our Ombudsman and family members in our home state of New York down at the bottom and this will be posted on the website as well if you want us to if you're an Ombudsman and you want us to let your supervisor know please take the survey. If you are a family member in New York State please join the Alliance of New York family Councils. It's a wonderful wonderful group and I am going to open it up for questions now. I am going to first see I think that there is a question on the uh, that's written, and then I'll open it up for anyone who wants to stay on. Um, I'd be happy to. stay on. Thank you so much for those of you who are leaving. I know it's after two. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for all your work and your concern, whether you are a working in, in federal, or state government, whether you are a resident or family member. Uh, of course, ombudsmen have a special place in our hearts here. Uh, attorneys, etc. Uh, our providers, if you're looking for a nursing home, we really appreciate. Uh, your interest and really appreciate your um, joining us today. Uh, So I'm looking to see, I see that there's a private question, so I won't answer that right now. Um, Someone asked, there are no regulations published on DOA's website for New York that state the 24-7 RN rule. Where did I get that information? It's, um, it's, I I don't know if it would be in in the regulations, but it certainly would be in the state law. So you could look at, I think Cornell has the state uh, legal website, and I'm going to open it up right now. Ooh, sorry, I muted myself. I'm going to open it up for any. Bye bye. Hi. Are there any questions? Hi. Um, Richard? Yes. Sure. Hi, it's Charles. Hi, Charles. I thought it was uh, right, right. you. Right. Ooh, <laughs> it was a lot of noise. Um, the um, the staffing thing is—it's uh, in the NYCRR uh, section four fifteen point thirteen uh, under nursing services. If you oh, go there, right you. in the beginning, yeah, right in the beginning of nursing services, uh, you know, the, the title ten section four fifteen point thirteen in the sufficient staff. It tells what you need to have on a twenty-four-seven uh, basis, and the RN thing is there. Fantastic! Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, Any anybody- questions? Uh-huh. Okay. I know this was a lot of information. I um, again, all of this is available on our website. Whether you go to the state data that we put together uh, every quarter, or if you go to if you want to go to the federal data, that's on our website as well. And uh, if you have any comments, please uh, you can email me directly, Richard at ltccc.org. And I wish you all a very happy and healthy new year. Thank you now. Bye-bye.